0: That case. Hope not hate are basically controlling Britain. Hope not hate. And learning name. Hello
1: and welcome back to the Hope Not Hate podcast, thanks for joining us again. Um, it's been a while since we've all been sat around the table and done a podcast like this, so we're all looking forward to it. Um, there's been a huge amount going on uh, at Hope Not Hate in the last few weeks and in the last month or so, so we've got plenty to talk about. Um, as always, there's a lot going on, but I'm joined today um, with my colleagues Sophia and Matthew. Say hello. Hello. Hi. Um, great, well we've got a number of things that we're really keen to talk about today But before we start, um, there's been a trial, or a number of trials going on That um, lots of people have been wanting to talk about So I thought maybe you could open up uh, Yeah, trials
0: trials and tribulations um, There's been a, a couple of uh, uh, high profile cases this week um, One of which, hope not hate closely involved in but there's a limit to how much we can um, we can talk about them there are ongoing uh, legal issues that mean um, we're really limited in what we're what we're allowed to say but people have seen the the media coverage i'm sure um, uh, a, a number of people were on trial at the Old Bailey uh, and there's been another case at Leeds Crown Court um, a guy called Jack Colson has been convicted for downloading a, a terror um, uh, a, I guess like a instruction manual, uh, you can call it, Um, and he's been he's been jailed, and you know while we're while there's a limit to what we're what we're able to uh, get into the specifics on in terms of hope not hate's involvement, I think it's
2: can we say there's good news.
0: Uh, Well, two members of National Action uh, have been jailed. Uh, Christopher Lithgow, who was the uh, leader of National Action, has been jailed for eight years. And um, one of his colleagues, um, Matthew Hankinson, has been jailed for six years for membership of a prescribed organization. Um, But I'm kind of I don't know the exact parameters of the of the restrictions. So I I don't want to go too far. Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, I'm uh, just wondering if we should have cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I have had cake already. Um,
2: okay, I must I, have missed I it. Have, I should
0: have pro- possibly shared it out a little bit uh, more widely, but um, I think the, the things for me about both of these cases is it, it really underlines the the point that we've been making for a while, which is while the far right have been defeated at the ballot box in this country, at least I know we're going to come on to talk about uh, Trump in a, in a few minutes. While the far right have been defeated at the ballot box, they've moved online and they've become increasingly uh, violent, and so the threat still remains. Uh, and it's a, uh, you know it's been a really concerning week it's been a it's been a very difficult week uh the outcome of of, of this trial in leeds and to some extent in, in london has been a very positive but it really underlines the threat that we
1: still face as a as
0: a, as a country from from
1: these people yeah i mean i think it's really important um the far right we face in the UK at the moment in terms of its violence, in terms of its kind of terrorist activity and the like, I mean, uh, since I've been looking at it, I've never seen anything like it. And there's people who have been looking at it way longer than me who have said exactly the same thing. I mean, uh, certainly since the 90s when you kind of saw that sort of C-18 violence. um, You know, the uh, the electoral route to power for the far right has disappeared since 2010. And we've seen a return to the streets. In the UK, In the UK, in the Mm UK. We've seen a return to the streets and we've seen a real upswing in violence. I mean, um, by the end of this year, I think if you look at kind of what happened last year and by the end of this year when a number of trials have finished mm-hmm. I think uh, the enormity of what we're seeing is going to be much better understood in terms of the scale of violence and extremism that we're seeing from the far right at the moment
2: Do you think there's a link though? I mean is it linked to the electorate failure?
1: Con- oh yes absolutely, it's conscious I mean, So
2: I'm just taking this argument forward so in France where the far right or at least Le Pen's party is doing relatively well would you say there'd be less violence?
1: Um, depends, I mean the thing is you can never, I mean I think that uh, I can see your argument. The problem is, is you can never judge that you can never s- judge the scale of the threat of the far right purely in electoral terms or non-electoral mm. terms. It takes one far right member to murder someone. It takes one far right member to put a bomb in a pub, and that mm-hmm. can happen at any time. That can happen when you have a huge far right mainstream party, and it can happen when you've got no electoral far right. So judging its atten- uh, violence by the side of its electors isn't necessarily true. But what is certainly true is that. Um, when you have a united far-right movement that, is a te- that believes it can gain power through the ballot box, as we had with the British National Party in the run-up to 2010, um, there is less calls for violence from within the movement because they believe that there is a, a means to progress. And, and they're trying
2: they, to look respectable. Yeah, but... and
1: they're trying to look respectable. Yeah, there's a contrived element too. Yeah. And when you don't have that means to power, um, there is more of an element, there's more people within the movement will turn around and say that there's another, we have to do something else. Um, but, I mean... It's, it's it's scary times. I mean, I think that in the long run, I mean, the work of hope not hate will stand up on this in terms of what what we've been up to. We can't talk about it now, but I think, um, I think there's a very lot of proud people at hope not hate this week.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think that one of the things that doesn't always come across in in the media coverage about the trials this week or or, or previous uh, far right activity is that is the link between uh, these different instances. You know, it's, it's it's less than two years since Joe Cox was. Um, was murdered by someone inspired by the far right. Uh, We saw the trial of Darren Osborne earlier this year who was inspired by far-right propaganda online. Um, And even when these people aren't members of uh, the same organisation or or are directed centrally, um, there are lots of these instances of really extreme violence that... Uh, have this common thread of ideology and, and inspiration. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it, which is 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 coming from online. One thing I want to say: we don't. This is an advert-free uh, podcast, <laughs> and we're proudly <laughs> uh, going to keep it so. Uh, but um, one thing I just want to flag up: this is kind of a thank you as well as a, as an advert. Really, this week we launched uh, a new initiative um, called the Hope Action Fund, which is a way in which people can. Uh, support the work that we do to counter this kind of uh, far-right extremism uh, by becoming a member of the the Hope Not Hate Action Fund, uh, signing up for a a monthly contribution of £5 or whatever people can afford. We had a target of uh, signing up 250 members um, over the course of the next couple of weeks and we're already at 181 which is fantastic but if you're listening to this and are not yet a member of the hope action fund uh, this is a really important way in which our work can be sustained on an ongoing basis um, so head to hope and sign up if you if you're able to uh, we know we ask a lot of people to support our work uh, and we wouldn't ask for this if it wasn't important but it is important and if you can Uh, uh, become a member, uh, please do so. Head to hopenothate.org.uk advert
1: over and you can see it, it keeps us advert free unlike every other podcast i listen to which invariably at that point would have stopped for an advert about a, sh- a specific shaving company or a uh, specific website design company um which seems to advertise on absolutely every podcast um right let's move on um from uh, bad to all uh, or equally bad um and let's talk about tommy robinson our favorite topic which is what we talk about all the time on this podcast um Lots and lots going on here. Uh, um, if you haven't seen it, please check our website. There's loads of articles we've been writing about this. It's a huge amount at the moment because it is very important what we're seeing. As many of you know, Tommy Robinson, uh, real name Stephen yaxley lennon is currently in prison. And there is a huge campaign that we've talked about numerous times about how into this international campaign to free Tommy Robinson has been going on. And the latest example of this was a another big demonstration in London last weekend. Um, probably had about five six thousand people on it outside how does
2: that compare to the last one
1: the previous one was ten thousand so Hmm. we were down but it is worth remembering that england were playing during this demonstration so it's still it's still six thousand people on the streets during an england game um in the third fourth playoff so um there's a number of reasons why this was important um the numbers, again, are interesting. Uh, even though we say it's down, it's still bigger than anything the English Defence League ever mustered. If we look about who was on the demonstration, like the last one, we have seen this kind of popular front. We're seeing you know, UKIP, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing old BNP members, you're seeing um, Football Ads Alliance members, you're seeing Generation Identity members, you're seeing Four Britain members, you're seeing kind of people from all aspects of the far right coming and uniting around this issue. Um, but that's kind of so much so last demo. But there was some not- that if you look at who spoke at this demo, it was, it was a genuinely remarkable event. We had some really big names here. This became a real gathering point in London of the international far right. I mean, just to uh, reel off a few, right, you had Philip de Vinter from Vlaams Belang. Kind of quite an extreme character. You had Ken Tekaroth, a guy with an extreme violent history, but from the Swedish Democrats in Sweden. Again, a party that everyone's looking to because we've got elections coming up in Sweden. You've got Jerome Riviera from uh, what was formerly the Front National, but a a close colleague of Le Pen's. We had a congressman from North America. Incredible. Incredible. A sitting congressman from Arizona, uh, Paul Gossar, who comes over and and addresses a group uh, of kind of far-right activists on London about Tommy I mean remarkable
2: those immigrants I assume the protesters didn't have any problems with
1: no no they were absolutely fine with those and they were furious with the ones that didn't get in so some of them didn't get in uh, I mean um, but then also you had uh, Gert Wilders obviously everyone knows the anti-Muslim activist from Holland he didn't come but he, he gave a video message and um, and then you had some really extreme British uh, speeches, and some of the worst I've actually seen. Right, We go to everything, and, and like we were shocked. G- uh, Gerald Batten, leader of UKIP, mm. his speech about Muslims and Islam was really extreme. Um, it,
2: Anything we haven't heard before?
1: Nothing we've not heard before from the real far right, but right. nothing I've heard said on a platform outside Downing Street with a massive television and a big crowd of 6,000 people. Mm. I think
0: that's an interesting thing for the, 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 the direction of UKIP, that... You know, this, this, is, this is the kind of inflammatory um, Islamophobia that Nigel Farage would never have
1: yeah, touched. Um, the, the
0: language is, is much, much more vitriolic uh, and aggressive. And it's just interesting to see that step-by-step plan- plot. Each time Batten speaks at one of these rallies, he dials it up. Uh, he obviously thinks that um, he can get away with it or that's in the party's selfish interest. Either or either way, it's getting worse and worse
1: Yeah, oh, there's no question about that It's moving in a direction, UKIP, that is becoming more Completely, explicitly far right It's anti-Muslim politics have really been ramped up And of course part of this is around um, It's kind of new membership I mean it has been in free fall for a long period of time now UKIP, but it has had a little, maybe hopefully A dead cat bounce, but a bounce recently Of about 2,000 new members Many of whom have coming through this kind of more traditional Alt-right space or alt-right space And he's obviously speaking to that new membership Where he, he sees they are um, it's probably a bad bad idea in the long term because I'm not sure that, that retor- the extremeness of that rhetoric will increasingly make them marginal. Um- but it's, it's a really dangerous thing, especially when we've seen them shoot up in the polls this week. You know, we've got a party where you've got this guy who's saying extremely anti-Muslim things mm-hmm. at, at a platform at the same time that the party's going back up to, is it 8%, I believe, They're in the They're
0: back polls. up to 8% in one of the polls. And I think the, the dangerous thing, f- from our point of view as, as a, an organisation that tracks and, and opposes them, is that I think in most voters' eyes... They are the party of Brexit. Yeah, they are the party that pushed for a referendum in the first place. They're well known for campaigning for Brexit, and I don't think that most people really understand um, their, the 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 level of Islamophobia and racism that is now emerging within UKIP. And so I you know I put down their um, their, their, their growth in the polls to. The debate around Brexit, the Chequers speech, this sense that Theresa May is going for a softer version of Brexit than some people want, and that is a knee-jerk reaction from Brexit voters saying, "Well, in that case, I'm going to go with with UKIP or, yeah, so, or at mm-hmm. least say that to a poster." So, I think there's a real risk for us uh, there that UKIP's Islamophobia is kind of going to be carried along with that
1: Brexit wave. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really, really true.
2: And I think I remember seeing it with when Trump became president in the US. His supporters would. Take what they like, and if he said something very crazy for them, they would say, oh, that's just, you know, the the politics and uh, the, the whole presentation. He doesn't actually mean that. And I'm wondering if on this side there's a bit of that with Batten. Maybe some people who are not extreme in their views but think, oh, this is just a side he does for the crowds. He doesn't mean it. Well, I think,
1: I mean, Batten's got a relatively strong track record in terms of anti-Muslim activism. And I know, kind of but who Muslim actually
2: statements. really researches the guy? Instead well, of us. just saying, yeah, <laughs> right. but I mean, in inter- yeah, general, yeah. No, I, agree. No,
0: I, I agree, and I think that's the danger. With the public, they associate UKIP with Brexit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Batten's Islamophobia... Um, is a side note. Is a, is a side note for a lot of voters. But it is a real threat. He gets on to TV because of the Brexit debate, and he uses that platform mm. to uh, say really, really
1: vile things about...
0: Uh, uh, Muslims and Islam mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I think
0: that's a that's a real that's a real
1: problem yeah. for us and just to guess uh, to finish off on Tommy a little bit I mean what I thought was really sad about... I mean, actually, the, the event was was worrying for a number of reasons, of course, right? Not just at least its scale and its list of speakers, but also I think we're seeing the breadth of politics that they're talking about in the, in, in this movement is broader than just Islam and Muslims, as we might have seen under the English Defence League. It's anti-left-wing, it's anti-government, it's anti-police. Um, it's uh, talks in terms of traitors. Um, it, it, in some senses, it smells much more fascistic. Uh, um, than previous things, which is really worrying. But the other thing, just on Tommy, very briefly, is um, his. You know, he's still in prison, of course. The free Tommy has not worked yet. There was a, 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 tr- a kind of a, a hearing this week about whether or not he'd be let out, and um, we're all waiting to see. I think will be the judges will be coming back at the end of the month on on that, so we'll wait to see whether or not he gets out, but it is always worth reiterating that he has pled guilty <laughs> um, yeah. um, but I want to move on to something else around, I mean one of the, for examples, one of the things during the demonstration which was interesting it was it was uh, hosted or compared by Raheem Kassam, formerly of uh, Breitbart, London um, he, I don't know if anyone's seen the videos, but I mean he's remarkably panto when he does it, it's kind of like can you hear me, and all this uh, well, I, I haven't say, seen a video I, 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 I was going to say amusing, but it's not, it's like you more laugh at him, but um of course he's big friends with bannon this was all during a kind of trump visit which brings us on nicely to of course like this all of this happened off the back of a massive event so let's talk a little bit about trump
2: yes our favorite topic um so, first, I have to admire the creativity of the protesters. Uh, Stop Trump tweeted that 250,000 people showed up to the protest uh, in London. Uh, there's no way to verify it, but if you look at the photos, it does look like there were more people than at Trump's inauguration. Sorry. (Laughter) um, So the funny thing is, so we had Trump um, jumping from place to place in a helicopter, kind of avoiding all the protests. And I'm slightly curious about whether how much coverage uh, he was allowed to see. Um, He wasn't very happy about the Trump baby, the inflatable Trump baby, which I think everyone's heard about or taken a selfie with by now. Um, But what was interesting was that Piers Morgan, who interviewed him, said that the president... um, so he said, the president said, some of them are... Pro- I can't do the Gaxton, sorry. <laughs> some of them are protesting in my favor. You know that? There are many, many protests in my favor. So that was Trump's take on the protest in London. I'm not sure which protesters he saw because multiple uh, news organisations said they looked for for Trump supporters and didn't really find any. Well, there,
1: there was one. There was one small event at, at the American Embassy uh, organised by a very peculiar group called Make Britain Great Again, run by an even more peculiar character called Luke Das Jones. And um, I mean, this guy is, is comedy gold. Uh, but he did have a small pro Trump event. Um, and yeah, had actually some quite, like a, a relatively important anti Muslim activist over from Australia, Debbie Robertson. But there was, I mean, would, the numbers were very small. It was like mm. maybe two, maybe 300. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a very peculiar group of people kind of mobbed up outside the American embassy in support of him. So he's not lying, Trump, but he might be slightly exaggerating. Mm-hmm. I think probably the aides, his aides were exaggerating for him. To, yeah. you know, I, I think he...
2: the Huffington Post wrote a piece uh, where they describe, where they um, kind of wonder if uh, the aides... Uh, reported the coverage for Trump instead of uh, mm-hmm. allowing him to see <laughs> it because he might have got some crazy tweeting Have you, seen, have you seen
1: Trump? There's quarter of a million people on the street <laughs> for you It's amazing <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, The, the protest that I got closest to Trump was actually, uh, when I was researching about Trump I found this um, Paraglider with a banner saying Trump well below par um, who swooped within about 90 metres of Trump when he was in Scotland. I
1: suppose he wasn't shot, to be honest. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, well, he was a- arrested. Uh, not, <laughs> I'm not sure what much. happened after, but um, it was a Greenpeace stunt, yeah. apparently.
0: Right. They only told the police they were doing it literally minutes before <laughs> he, he launched. So, you know, well, they, t- they tried to give a warning so they wouldn't shoot him down. But, I don't know, that, guy is, that brave guy's move. braver than I am. Yeah, definitely.
2: So, um... Trump's protests were interesting, but what I also found worrying was Trump's comments in the interview he gave, um, aside from dissing Theresa May and everything else he did. Um, He said, and I quote, um, I think allowing millions and millions of people to come into Europe is very, very sad. I think you're losing your culture. Look around, you go through certain areas that didn't exist 10 to 15 years ago. And, I mean, Joe, you probably know more about this, but losing our culture is coded words for white supremacy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's coded words for all sorts of things. It's definitely a dog whistle to kind of far-right politics. It clearly shows the where he's getting his information from. When you talk about losing your culture, is the sort of thing that we see within, it's kind of from the sort of thing you'll see on Breitbart, the sort of thing you'll see from more traditional far-right outlets, no-go zones, that sort of thing. That sort of comment there both belies where he gets his information and who he's trying to speak to. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to me, the interesting
0: thing about that comment was it was clearly an aside in an interview. Uh, it wasn't a, a planned intervention. He mm-hmm. wasn't deliberately trying to make a specific point. He just said it off the cuff, and he also made a very, very almost identically worded comment a day later. So this is obviously something that he has thought about and absorbed. He's heard it from the likes of Brian mm-hmm. Bart and mm. Bannon and Stephen Miller. But it's something he really believes, and that to me is a is a is a is a tremendous threat. This is the most powerful man in the world. Anytime time he speaks, Arguably. well, the most powerfully the most powerful democratically elected leader in the world, although I guess that's I as well. <laughs> um, when he speaks, it is reported, and for him to uh, normalize that kind of language, I think is is really frightening. Uh, and I, and I, you know, the other thing that I I took away from that was that the reporting was much much more focused on his Brexit comments mm. his Boris comments his Theresa May comments um and I, I you know I, I don't know if media missed the uh, the danger in those in those losing our culture comments or whether people are just so immune to it now that uh, that kind of you know the Overton window has been shifted on people being mm-hmm. allowed to say that because just a just a year ago, people talking about no-go areas mm-hmm. uh, were ridiculed, been, were ridiculed or uh, subject to a lot of pushback. And this this one went
1: without really much comment.
2: I think it proves that point about mainstreaming too, about the far right. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, it does, and I, I agree, it wasn't picked up anywhere near as much as it should have been. And you throw in like we you know we mentioned uh, kind of battens stuff about that he said at the demonstration. That would have been that should have been a huge story. That's something that Nick Griffin, at the height of the British National Party in, in the two thousands, probably would have never dreamed of getting away with saying. Um, if he had done it, it, would have been huge news. I mean. Uh, so I, I read a really great article, I can't remember which paper it was in, but it said, do you remember when Nick Griffin went on Question Time? It was an enormous story. Now you can have the President of the United States saying extreme stuff like that. You can have a, a politician standing in front of thousands of people saying something like Batten did, and it doesn't even make news. In that sense. Uh,
2: to be fair, there was a lot of news over yeah. the weekend yeah, lots of and years. like trump said so many things i think the focus just went on theresa may and yeah. uh, and brexit
0: totally it's totally fair the things he said about theresa may and brexit were also incredible uh, huge news mm-hmm. uh very damaging so yeah I, the I totally whole queen that.
2: thing too with the queen and her, him stepping in I front and all that, that stuff that w- is what captured the public's tension yeah
0: yeah
2: um and and, he, and, and
0: saying in his interview with piers, piers morgan that the queen was concerned about the way brexit was going i mean incredible like it's remarkable it's, this is diplomacy <laughs> i haven't actually heard that one it's incredible you know it's like the, the the things that you're not
1: supposed to do that he just tramples all over yeah. and
2: also being concerned about brexit is probably how everyone feels whatever side you're on
1: yeah and I'd tell you, just on a side note piers morgan i'm not sure we can say any more but piers morgan let's just leave that one there
2: are you saying yeah. we should avoid quoting him?
1: What a shameful week he's had. Yeah, I don't
0: think I can express my views about Piers Morgan without yeah, yeah. having to be So moving swiftly
2: out. on to the London Mayor, Trump <laughs> yeah, yeah. didn't stop. Um, so this is another quote from him where he said that um, London Mayor Sadiq Khan has done a terrible job in London, uh, a terrible job. Um, and then he said take a look at the terrorism that's taking place, look at what's going on, he's done a terrible job. And Dave David Lamy called him out, rightly so, um, and he said that he hates that London chose a Muslim mayor. The president is racist. He does not deserve to meet our queen today. And that was uh, widely retweeted. And I think that makes the point. Maybe not the queen part, but uh, it's... Uh,
0: no, I mean, I think that media organisations more in America than, than in the UK, but in the UK too, have really struggled to work out how to talk about uh, Trump and the things he says. It, 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 there is a line that you don't usually cross with with um, uh, politicians uh, in terms of uh, making judgment calls about what they're saying. But what he said about uh, losing our culture, what he said about uh, Sadiq Khan is racist. Uh, it, it is extreme, and it's, it's, it goes against the grain of how media organisations see themselves and how they see where the line is. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that uh, you know he's broken. All of those rules. I think the media needs to think carefully about how they need to adapt the rules accordingly. Mm. He has he came to this country and was racist, and we should call him that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I Completely agree. Um,
2: and the mayor also um, questioned why Trump um, attacked him um, rather than other mayors, uh, since there were terror attacks in several capitals, and I think yeah. that makes a point. Yeah.
1: Because he's racist. <laughs> yeah, because
2: but he is a yeah. racist.
0: I mean, this is this is a thing. Like the the bar is set so much higher for people like Sadiq Khan in terms of the expected civility mm. that uh, yeah. is expected of, of, of politicians uh, like him. And I thought Sadiq was in, was incredibly um, powerful this week. He is limited in what. He's, you know, quote unquote, allowed to, to yeah. say and 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 the expected um, tone that he, mm-hmm. he takes. But I thought he was very very strong in talking about the strength of London's diversity. I thought the the mayor's office uh, communications plan, if, if you like, of 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 putting um, a positive. Uh, 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 quotes out there from mm-hmm. Americans who live in London, talking yeah. about how much they love London's diversity and how, how much of a strength that is, was really smart. Um, yeah. But it does really speak to the the uneven kind of rules of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's allowed to get away with all kinds of extraordinary extreme comments and, and Sadiq has to uh, keep it level, uh, uh, And you're bringing respectful. it to
2: Trump being an old white guy?
0: Trump is allowed to get away with this stuff because he's white and Sadiq is, would
1: not be allowed to... I think it's him. also
2: because he's Trump.
1: Yeah, there's no... I mean, actually, if we think about... I mean, actually, I was really shocked by the vitriol we saw against Sadiq at the Free Tommy Robinson demonstration. Mm. Now, they, we know that they, didn't, they don't like Sadiq Khan, mm-hmm. right? And we know why they don't like Sadiq Khan. But the vitriol uh, was really, really extreme. And extremely racist, you know. They would constantly say from the stage, no, don't be violent, don't be racist, we're not racist, don't... Do us. Well, simultaneously one of the official stewards takes a, a blow-up doll with Sadiq Khan's face on it, having sex with a pig, and sticks it on a, it, uh, on a truck next to the main stage. There's a, one of the, those poo emojis that they'd stuck Sadiq Khan's face on and they put it on the scaffolding of the stage. Right, there There is balloons all over the demonstration of guess- pigs... This is, I mean, and uh, this is why it's really important that first of all we stop the normalisation and we and we take the debate beyond just not just beyond kind of like when we're talking about Tommy, for example, that you know should he be free? Shouldn't he be? We had thousands of racist people on the streets engaging in racism um, in the centre of London. I think the the thing is that Trump has told us exactly who
0: he is, and we should take him at his word. Yeah. But I think a lot of media and, and commentators are kind of debating whether or not he really, really means it. Well, he's told us exactly who he is, yeah. And, you know, except
2: when he says the opposite and meant the opposite, right? <laughs> no,
0: he 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 would or he wouldn't. I don't yeah,
2: know. Yeah, the the Russia debacle. But,
0: um, so if we got, I just want to give a quick shout out and, and thank all of the hope not hate activists who joined the demonstration in London. Uh, it looked amazing. Um, and uh, shout out to people who joined the demos in Leeds and Derby and Bristol and, and, and elsewhere across the country. It was just really
1: cool to see.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was working in the office and I was kind of envious of uh, our colleagues who could go out there um, with all the supporters. It looked amazing.
1: Yeah, I saw them in Sheffield and Wales. I just want to think if we don't miss any so we don't upset <laughs> anyone. But yeah, We'll it was definitely great. have missed one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant. Right. Um, do we have anything positive we can talk about?
2: Um, World Cup? I mean, not very positive for you. I'm sorry. I'm French, so. Um, oh, of, course, uh, yeah, of course, Uh So I don't follow football, and yet I was in France that weekend, and it was impressive how suddenly there was no racism in the, in the whole of France. Everyone was just hugging each other. Some crying. Um, yeah, no, I
1: saw the pictures and videos of it. It made me made me very sad. <laughs> but I said before the World Cup,
0: England, it would be a good result if we got out of the group stages, um, but anything beyond that was a bonus, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to really cling to that. I was obviously absolutely gutted about the semi-final, especially after being... Uh, 1-0 up. That's now the second time I've watched England lose a semi-final from being 1-0 up, which uh, shows my age. But they
2: did get to the semi-finals. But
0: they did get to the semi-finals. And it's a young team. All those clichés we said at the beginning of the tournament to uh, set our own expectations so we wouldn't be too disappointed, Mm -hmm. were all true. And they're not now excuses. It is a young team. They they were inexperienced. Now they've got way more experience. They're only going to get better. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really exciting time, especially when you look at... Uh, uh, how successful the under-17s the under-19s the under-23s uh, have been. It's, it's
2: a bit crazy when you think about the ages of these footballers yeah. I know that it, in yeah. France uh, one of the footballers was 19 years old and um,
1: yeah it's amazing yeah. Um, I mean it must be especially sad for you Matthew because you got that it's coming home tattoo didn't you just before, <laughs> just before, just before, just before the semis um, so um, let's wrap things up there um, so, thank you once again for listening. Please do subscribe. Please do share the podcast. Um, please get in touch as well. Feel free to email us, get onto our website, drop us a line. We always want to hear what you think about the podcast or fan anything mail, else. Hate mail, fan know, mail, hate whatever mail, whatever it is. I prefer the fan mail, personally. But. The hate mails
2: know. can be pretty funny, though.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's sometimes quite <laughs> scary as well, though. So, <laughs> Let's, um, uh, yeah. So get in contact. Share it, review it. I've seen lots of you have started to write uh, nice reviews on iTunes. The more you do that, the better. Please, thank you. Um, and, yes, I know, one more... Do you want to re- just mention at the end?
0: I will. Last, last uh, plug for the Hope Action Fund. Uh, this is a fund that will sustain the work that we do, um, that genuinely uh, 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 confronts and defeats the far right. Can't say a whole lot about how and why, but uh, <laughs> it does make a really big difference. We need to get 250 uh, members. We're 181 uh, as things stand. So um, anyone who's listening, please head to hopenothate.org.uk and become
1: a member of the Hope Action Fund great stuff, thank you, see you all soon
2: Bye